I'm Tiffany Roberts Sahadak, and I'm a proud member of the AAPI Coaches Advocacy Group. I'm Michelle Okamura, and I'm a proud member of the AAPI Coaches Advocacy Group. Aloha, I'm Michelle Nagamine, and I'm a proud member of the AAPI Coaches Advocacy Group. I'm Neil Bhattacharjee, and I'm a proud member of the AAPI Coaches Advocacy Group. And I am Ashu Saxena, and we are excited to be on with Dean Linky on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. And I'm Dean Linky, delighted to be with this great panel and honored to promote AAPI Heritage Month. And we do that after hearing from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. Once again, here's Dean Linky. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap. As I mentioned, it's AAPI Soccer Heritage Month, AAPI Heritage Month to be exact, but we're going to talk about AAPI Soccer, and to do that, we have to welcome in Ashu Sixena and Ashu as we know now is starting to get the advocacy group going, trying to start an AAPI advocacy group with United Soccer Coaches. So with that, Ashu, I want to welcome you. And you've got an incredible dais here. I mean, you've got some serious star power. So you got some big shoes here to introduce this great panel. I'm really excited. Well, thank you, Dean. I'm very happy to be here. I'm, I'm very thankful uh, to have this space and uh, time with you today. And absolutely, we have an all-star lineup. I'm really I'm happy to welcome our guests. First off is uh, Tiffany Roberts Sadek, and she's coaching at uh, UCF. And um, allow her to introduce herself here. This is Tiffany Roberts Sahedak. I am the head coach at the University of Central Florida, out here in Orlando, where the sun is shining. But thank you for having me um, and recognizing AAPI Heritage Month. It's obviously an important time uh, for us that have this uh, ethnic background. And um, so I grew up playing in California and then I went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, played for the Ants and Dorrance, and then also played on the US women's national team for 10 years, which was obviously an incredible experience. Very humbled by that with amazing leaders um, that, I, that I learned from every day. So played in the three World Cups during that time and in Olympics and just had the time of my life. The other part of my bio that I think is, is important right now is to share that my, my mother is from the Philippines and she came over to the United States when she was about 16 years old uh, to San Francisco. My father, um, his parents are actually both from England. Um, so I'm actually half Filipina, half white. And uh, I think that will come into play when we have this conversation um, going forward today. So Dean, thanks for hosting this and uh, for bringing attention um, to this special month. Thank you so much, Tiffany. We're so happy for you to be here with us and uh, to be a part of our group. Uh, next up is Michelle Okamura. And take it away, Michelle. Well, I uh, am currently a, a youth soccer coach in Cincinnati, Ohio. I work for King's Hammer Soccer Club. Um, 
coach uh, U11 girls right now, and I'm also our grassroots program director. So I run all of our little little bitty programmings. I hang out with three-year-olds all day, so I have a pretty pretty good time doing that. A little bit about my background. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. I grew up playing in Utah youth soccer and then went to Idaho State um, and played for four years at Idaho State. I grew up fangirling over Tiffany Roberts. And when I was in college, my college coach always talked about this really great coach in Hawaii. (laughs) So this is, I saw, I saw who was going to be on here and I, uh, I definitely had a fangirl moment. I'll follow Tiffany's kind of lead and my my background, I'm half Japanese. My family ended up in Utah because they were interned during World War II. And then my mom's family is Irish and English. So it's a little bit about me. Great. Thanks, Michelle. Next up, we have Neil Bedacharji. Um, he's head coach at SUNY Binghamton. Go ahead, Neil. Hi, everyone. And thanks, Ashu. And thanks, Dean, for, for having me on uh, uh, as part of this group. I'm very humbled to, uh, to, to, to be here speaking uh, amongst this group. Neil Bhattacharji, I'm the head coach of the Women's Soccer Division I program at Binghamton University, where I've been here for about five years now. I'm thrilled to be part of this new group. Um, Ashu, certainly thank your, you, you for your leadership and uh, certainly great that we can bring uh, many of these experiences to light during this AAPI Heritage Month. I grew up in, in northern New Jersey, played soccer there. My parents came here in the late 60s from India. So that's my background. So, you know, was was used to, you know, not really having coaches that look like me um, or playing with players um, that look like me. Um, and back in those days, I had uh, much more hair than, than than what you see right now. And through my coaching cycles, I've, I've coached at George Washington, Boston College, Syracuse University, and now at Binghamton. And um, again, just my pleasure to be uh, a part of this discussion today. Great, Neil. Thank you. And it is a podcast. So uh, visually, hairlines are... <laughs> invisible at this point. So thank you, Neil. Uh, next up is uh, Bud. I, pr- I believe you prefer to be called Bud. Um, but go ahead I've been called you. a lot worse. So uh, <laughs> but Bud works for me. <laughs> Aloha, everyone. I'm Michelle Nagamine, and I'm the head coach at University of Hawaii at Manoa Division One program, the only Division One program in, in the state. And I'm beyond honored to be included in this this group. Ashu, to be honest, you know, I I have been seeing all of the emails going back and forth and your dedication and your commitment to this is completely inspiring. And, you know, everybody's busy and everybody has things to do every day, but for you to take the lead and 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 work with this really just amazing group of of men and women to bring attention to our people. It's just, it's very humbling and it's very inspiring. So I wanted to thank you for that. And thank you, Dean, for, for the time today to bring attention to, to all of us. It's greatly appreciated. I grew up in Hawaii, a little different. Uh, a, a lot of reasons I can't be on many phone calls is because we have a six hour time difference right now. Um, so it's, you know, where most people wrap up the day, we're just kind of ramping up. It's been an honor to grow up on an island and coach at our only division one program. I went to Santa Clara University. Go Broncos. Let's hope. Uh, sorry, Tiff. <laughs> See what happens today. Fingers crossed. Um, but, you know, I played there for four years and then I returned home because I wanted to try to help the young women who were coming after me um, to avoid the pitfalls that I had fallen into because I had no role models. I can remember being very proud to see someone who looked like Tiffany on the national team. 
and you know you're you're only a few years behind me but the amount of pride i saw when i saw you on the field it was just phenomenal and and i i really do appreciate being included so thank you very much so with those introductions, which were all great, and I really appreciate how excited you guys are to be on the podcast, and I'm so proud to have this platform for you to share. But Ashu, before we get into some more heady questions during heady times, talk about the progress you're making becoming an advocacy group with United Soccer Coaches. Now's the time. It's important to happen right now, but give us an update on your progress. Great. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, we, we began basically in mid-January with five of us um, as a very informal meeting. And a few coaches throughout the past 10 years or so, myself included, had asked United Soccer Coaches, you know, is there a space for us? We see a lot of advocacy groups listed, and we're so excited about what they are uh, championing. And we thought, well, gosh, why isn't there a space for AAPI? Um, and so we started off with that meeting and kept meeting and kept growing, uh, reaching out to our networks and uh, more and more people joined. And up to this point, we're about 50 in numbers, uh, but we have a uh, database from United Soccer Coaches that totals at about 200. So our numbers have grown very fast uh, compared to a lot of advocacy groups. And uh, Lee and Sue in particular have been super supportive about what we're up to and what we're doing. We've kept them posted all along. We've been a good trouble, so to speak, in that we've been working um, really hard to uh, put different plans together, different strategies, and we've kept them posted about what we're doing. So we've been a, an item on the board of directors' um, agendas. And so, so recently we've gotten the support to be uh, named an advocacy group that is informing. So they're going through the process of what it means to be a full advocacy group, uh, what it means to be on the advocacy council. And so I'm very pleased with how far we've come in a short time. It's definitely a team effort. You know, everybody on, on this podcast has contributed. Um, you know, Tiffany has lent a hand in, in so many ways, uh, Michelle and you know, Neil and, and Bud. The leadership group has meets every two weeks. The full membership meets once a month. We've put on some exciting guest speakers and uh, just have been very active. Um, a newsletter every month. We're really pleased with the support United Soccer Coaches has given us. And they've started to uh, lead us in some ways and directions that will help us become established you know, much sooner uh, than, than maybe what we initially thought in that informal meeting back in January. Well, it needs to happen and needs to happen quickly. And we come back, we'll learn more about why and how as we are putting the focus on AAPI Heritage Month and also the fact that AAPI Soccer is looking to be the newest advocacy group with United Soccer Coaches. We'll be back right after this. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college. 
Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. I'm Dean Linky. I feel like I've got the best job in the world broadcasting great coaches, great people, and also giving this platform every week on United Soccer Coaches. This week's entire show is dedicated to AAPI Heritage Month. Ashu Saxena leading the charge. Ashu, lead us to what's going on in uh, July, August, the article that you're writing. And I want everybody to tell stories about some of the things they've experienced. Yeah, we um, wrote an article uh, for AAPI Soccer for the, you know, the Soccer Journal. And uh, in the article, we want to shed some light about awareness of AAPI culture in terms of uh, things that are in everyday culture, you know, yoga, chai, you know, basmati rice, you know, Asian foods, et cetera. But we also wanted to spread some awareness about perhaps some of the uh, racism experiences that we, we have, as well as microaggressions. And so in the article, uh, I mentioned some personal experiences of, you know, about growing up uh, being an Indian American. I remember you know, a time when I was a, a child and I was walking through a neighborhood and I had rocks thrown at me. And, um, and the kids kind of uh, looked at me and they were playing cowboys and Indians and they figured since I'm brown, I must be on the quote unquote bad side. And they felt perfectly comfortable throwing rocks at me. Um, I've had comments you know, made at me about the color of my skin, about being you know, burnt toast, you know, things, things of that sort. There, there are a lot of experiences just you know, growing up that, I, that I've had that have been troubling, uh, been tough to navigate, uh, but they're very real. Um, I think some of the other uh, areas where we sometimes get judged are being a part of, part of the uh, model minority myth that's out there that sometimes we're judged to be um, in Asian, you know, that's underrepresented, but um, that we don't have any issues, you know, that we're all okay, that we're all smart, we're all gonna have good jobs and, and such. And um, some of those um, microaggressions are, are also uh, tough to take. I've had a, a coaching uh, experience, uh, you know, I was, it was, the comment was made in jest, but it, it hurt at the time. And that was, um, there's a section for you colored people uh, to sit at. And believe it or not, that's at a coaching session. And you would think coaches and you know, educators, I'm an educator myself, would be much more aware um, of, of hurtful comments like that. I think the other uh, parts that we covered in the article are also about how do uh, not only us as heritage members, but also allies, how do, how do you know, coaches handle if one of their players is being talked at badly by an opposition or an opposing coach? Um, you know, how do we navigate some of those situations? So through API Soccer, we hope to help bring awareness to different comments that are made, different situations, and eventually, um, you know, teach uh, people how to, how to manage um, our, our, our cultural uh, differences. So these are a couple of examples, but I'm sure the panel has, um, you know, stories to share as well. So Neil, would you like to go first? Sure. So, you know, growing up in New Jersey, you know, I was, I was the son of, um, you know, first-generation immigrants. When you're in that role, you, you play kind of this bridge, 
right? So, you know, my parents came over here from, from India. Um, they're trying to do their part to further their education, um, give their sons, um, you know, me and my brother, a better, better opportunity, a better life. Um, and, and, but by playing that bridge, you know, you, you know, for, for me, I wanted to make sure I was doing my part with my family and my own Asian Indian culture. And also, trying to quote Americanize myself, you know, and, and, and you constantly ask these questions of, am I quite American enough? Am I quite Asian Indian enough? And you're, you're, you're constantly trying to, to play this balance. Certainly I've seen um, effects of casual racism and direct racism. You know, I, I remember when, you know, at times when my father would speak, you know, people would say, oh, you speak English really well. You know, we're really surprised. Um, well, you know, my, you know, my dad had been here, been here for a while and, and, and you know, and, and, and educated and, and, um, and it was, you know, kind of just felt like a backhanded compliment. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly I felt that um, and, and have, have felt that on the field too, uh, with names I've been called. Um, I was a goalkeeper. So um, as a goalkeeper, you know, you're kind of ripe to, to be picked on um, with, with people in the stands right behind you. Um, and sometimes that denigrated into, um, you know, went to, into racist terminology. You know, I try to kind of play that balance and um, you know in terms of trying to be American um, and you know playing soccer was one path you know gave me a form of acceptance um, by playing sports and then also you know like I said trying to play that that balance from the other side in terms of being Asian Indian um, and and sometimes people wouldn't quite get it um, and and I think I still probably feel that to, to this day you know I'm, I'm you know I'm not in some of the traditional um, job lineages um, that um, you know people in my community are uh, you know would, would um, you know, would, would um, you know, typically fall into, you know, now that I'm in my professional career as a coach, there's still some of that, you know, is, is this the right space for me? Um, and, and that's why this AAPI group is, is so critical. It's so important. Um, it's so needed um, and, and certainly very, very welcome because it's, it's great to get this support um, in terms of numbers. But, you know, even here, you know, I've, I've felt, um, you know, issues there, you know, how I've been treated by referees. I remember one game um, a couple of years ago, I hadn't said anything to the referee the whole game. A little bit late in the game, maybe 70, 75th minute, I, I had an issue with the call. He stopped the game, came over to me. His chest was maybe about three inches from my chest. He started waving his finger in front of my hand. Um, and the other coach on the sideline was way more, let's say, chatty over the course of the game and was treated differently. Do I know that that's a direct result of, of you know, my racial heritage and background? I, I don't know, but I got to think it's probably played a part. Um, and it's probably played a part in, um, in some other instances. And, you know, you just wonder how that's taken um, in terms of hiring committees, how they look at you. If I try to get another position, um, will, I, will I be able to get that position um, instead of, you know, say, having the opportunity to be recycled like some, some other coaches? Those are questions that just constantly swirl. You know, the last thing that I'll say that, you know, I think is great about this group is that, you know, we, you know, and, and Bud, you, you mentioned this, is that, you know, we, we can be mentors. You know, I, I didn't have someone to look up to. Um, I didn't have other people around me that looked like me or, you know, went through similar experiences. Well, now, you know, if we can collectively give other people, you know, youth, you know, an opportunity to say, yeah, this is a path. You can do this. Your heritage shouldn't be a drawback. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, it's something that, you know, actually gives us collective strength. Um, you know, I think that's that's terrific for us to serve that, that role in terms of being mentors to others growing up. But because... He just mentioned your name. We'll go to you next. Yeah, I think, you know, Neil makes some some excellent points and comes from a point of view that 
that I think I've been pretty sheltered from, to be honest, you know, growing up on an island with so many different cultures and nationalities, I will fully admit that we've become a little bit numb and maybe even just completely oblivious to all the things that are going on around us. You know, there are comedians who make their living uh, making fun of of people and their their culture. And just because we are that cult, we, we have that nationality, you know, all we're doing is spreading that ignorance around, you know, and, and I didn't even really think about it until I started seeing all the emails and, and now the awareness that that is out there, you know, to, to actually take a couple steps back and say, wow, I'm 100% guilty of it. And I excuse myself from it because I'm Japanese, Chinese, Portuguese, Hawaiian, and Caucasian. So, you know, it, it's just, I feel like I relate to a lot of different people, which allows me to poke fun, not only at myself, um, but in Hawaii, you know, we always make fun. We have Portuguese jokes, you know, and we have, um, you know, the Joe Coy in the Filipino. I went to the Joe Coy concert and I thought he was hilarious, but then I'm thinking, wow, this is just bad, you know, in so many ways. Um, but, you know, this is, I think it's something that we can all be better about. There's, there's, there's humor, but there's microaggressions that we have to really be careful about. And it doesn't, we cannot excuse ourselves because we happen to be that, that nationality, because I think what we've seen in the last year, it's that some people take things that are meant to be funny in very, very bad ways. And there's a, there's a lot more ignorance out there than there is smarts. <laughs> and, and I think we have to be really careful about everything that we do because we can be guilty of, of exactly what we're trying to prevent. Thanks for sharing that. We'll go to you now, Michelle. You're in Ohio. I'm from Ohio originally. And I think it's fair to say there aren't a whole lot of people that look like you in Ohio. So do you have some real life stories to share? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of been that's kind of been my life. I went from Utah to Idaho to New Jersey, where there were people that looked like me, to Georgia, and then up to Ohio. So um, I haven't I haven't ever lived somewhere that there are people that look like me around me all the time. You know, growing up, you know, I came from a background where my grandparents wanted my parents to be as American, well, my dad specifically, to be as American as possible. So he, he doesn't speak Japanese. Um, I wasn't brought up with a huge Japanese cultural background other than one festival that we, we would participate in every, every year. Like it wasn't, it wasn't something I ever had to think about until I got to like my first summer camp and people, people made comments about the way that I looked. And I didn't realize until that moment that I didn't look the same as everybody else. It, it was different because I mean, Utah is pretty, it, it lacks a lot of diversity. You know, that kind of continued. We we've talked about microaggressions a little bit and I came home from school, high school one day um, after playing with my you know, my teammates we were at practice and I thought it was hysterical that my teammates had named, named my car because it didn't have a name. And that was the cool thing that everybody was doing. And I told, I repeated that name to my dad and I, I won't repeat it here, but when, when he heard that his, his response was visceral. Like I could feel how upset he was. And that was the first time I really realized like, 
man, words have, they have a lot of power. And so I was, I mean, I was lucky enough. I grew up where there were, there weren't a lot of people that looked like me playing, but I mean, there were, there were a few, there was Tiffany and there were, you know, Lori and Ronnie Fair. And I grew up or I went to college, I was lucky enough to have a coach who played in Japan and an assistant coach who was half Japanese. And so they they were able to help support me as I kind of figured out who I was in a really critical time. And that, that shaped me a lot. And it's helped me kind of navigate a world where there's not a lot of people in the soccer community that do look like me. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, Tiffany Roberts-Hadick, do you have a story to share? I'm listening to all your stories and I can probably, I, I really understand and empathize with everybody's stories because I think we could all have moments where everything that you've said, we've shared that same feeling or something very similar we've experienced. So um, something that come to mind, just listening to everybody's um, stories is that, um, you know, same, my mom, you know, came to the US, like I said, when she was 16 years old. And, and I know that she was discriminated against a lot coming to San Francisco, English not being her first language. And um, she was actually done with high school in the Philippines, but she decided to still go to high school so she can get acclimated to the culture and learn English more. And I think her experience in high school really was devastating for her. It was a very difficult transition. And like I said, I think she was um, discriminated a, a lot against. Um, and so I think when she had her own children, she wanted us to be as American as possible. So um, she did not teach us, you know, Tagalog. And um, even though we still had like Filipino culture within our family, I think, you know, she never wanted, she would tell me like, I don't want you to get too dark, you know, dark isn't good. And you know, she's putting those words into my, my brain as, you know, a six-year-old and that's stuck with me. So I think that's difficult, but it comes from, you know, my mom's experiences. And now as I'm older, I can look back and say, you know, I understand why maybe my mom was protective um, of me and making sure, you know, trying to find that balance of, I don't want to lose this Filipino culture because she loves it so much and is so proud of it. But at the same time, I don't want my daughter to experience anything that I experienced or my brothers. So um, I think that's something, you know, that we experienced and kind of tried to navigate, you know, growing up. But I will say, I know you guys mentioned Lori Fair and, and Ronnie Fair. And so it was pretty cool. I will say getting onto the national team was really cool because I think there I experienced, you just play soccer, you know, and, and we were all just playing for the same reason and because we loved it. And it wasn't about um, anybody's color or background or uh, heritage. Um, but I will say, you know, Lori and I had a special connection on the national team and there's no doubt it's because she's half Chinese and I'm half Filipino. I know our age was also very similar to where a lot of our teammates were, you know, a lot older than us, but I will tell you, I was so thankful to have Lori Fair. We're just still the best of friends. And I think a lot of that had to do with our backgrounds being Chinese and Filipino. Outstanding takes from our outstanding star studded panel talking about AAPI Heritage Month and the great progress that the AAPI soccer coaches are making right now in real time, trying to create another great advocacy group. I'm glad one of you also recognized Lee Jarrell and Sue Ryan who do an amazing job heading up 
all the advocacy groups, two wonderful human beings. I absolutely adore Lee and Sue, as I know you do as well. And I also know that they care about you and I care about you and I care about the issues that are affecting the AAPI community. And obviously perhaps we'll go to the two Michelles right now, as we all know during this COVID and a very politically charged climate that there's been some hate crimes against Asian Americans and it's still going on right now in real time. They're trying to pass legislation to fight against hate crimes against Asian Americans and make the penalty stiff. And hopefully all of that will happen. And more importantly, hopefully it'll just stop. I mean, we need to stop it. And hopefully that's what we can try to do. That's part of the why we do this podcast is to advocate and to educate and to learn and grow. And hopefully it makes a difference. But I think I've got to go back to the two Michelles as Asian American women. You've seen it. I mean, you know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, how are you feeling about that and where we're headed? Honestly, the last four years were, they were a little bit rough um, for, for a couple of reasons. You know, Tiffany mentioned that her mom told her, you know, don't, don't get too dark. And one thing for me, I, I tend to, in the summer, I get very, very dark and I've actually, I've experienced racism that's not directed towards Asians, but is directed towards Latin communities. Um, because people see somebody with brown skin and they just make assumptions. And there have been moments over the last, the last, the last year with the pandemic that I've been walking. I live in downtown Cincinnati. Um, and so I walk a lot. Um, and I've been like walking down the street and people have made comments about, you know, how I brought coronavirus to the United States, you know, like that, that that is it's something that you don't wish on anybody and to know that it's not just it's not just one community like one of the nice things that um this this advocacy group has done that other advocacy groups that i'm a part of have not done as well as trying to connect with others because it's like discrimination racial discrimination is not unique to just our community and I think that a lot of us have been a part of other advocacy groups because we share that. And so the last, the last year has been really hard for the AAPI community, um, but it's, it's something that, you know, we can relate to others and it can help bring empathy as well. Yeah, I think, you know, growing up and living on an island, um, because we have such a, a very high Asian population, we're like the we're like the majority minority because there are so many Japanese and Chinese people who live in Hawaii, and um, but you know the I think the the racism and the stereotyping you know really runs the gamut here because it's almost reversed to um, the Caucasians when they come to to visit the tourists you know who are subjected to um, you know when they don't know our customs or they don't know our cultures and I think you know in this last year just I, I actually had to stop watching um, the news on some days because I it's just it was just infuriating to me um, you know they say common sense but I I've actually started to call it uncommon sense during the pandemic because I think common sense is a lot less common than we thought it was and when you have have somebody who has a platform to spread hate and lies. Um, it, it's just, I, I've seen it here, you know, not, not so much for the, the Japanese and Chinese um, Asians, but more for like the, 
more for all the rest of the Pacific Islanders. You know, the Micronesians here are heavily discriminated against because of what happened, you know, in, in wartime with them and the restitution that the United States is, is having to make. So, you know, just the way that they're treated by um, police and, and there was a big issue that came up, you know, with a Micronesian uh, man who was, who was killed, shot and killed. And, um, you know, it's just seeing this every day has made me so much more aware of what was going on because we were so sheltered to everything. And I never had to experience the kind of discrimination here in my hometown because everybody was like me in some way, shape or form. So, uh, you know, this is one of the main reasons I wanted to get involved because I believe that I can learn and I can be more effective for not only my players, but my community. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, very grateful for the stories that you guys are sharing with me because I feel like my eyes have been kind of closed to a lot of it. I was just going to add, I mean, I mean, certainly it's, it's, it's hurtful. Um, you know, it's a product of ignorance, um, you know, to, to assign blame. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I certainly felt the, the effects of this um, on 9-11. A relative of mine, um, just a few hours after, t- after the, the towers had fallen, in, in his school, a teacher, a teacher of his had asked him, why did your country do this to us? And, and it's just a, a, a byproduct of, of, of ignorance. And, uh, and, and, and I don't think people, when they make those comments or ask those questions, really understand just how hurtful it is. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, we, we go through these cycles and, and it's not helpful when people with a voice, you know, use it in, in, in those types of manners. Um, but, you know, hopefully just the more we educate, the more we have these discussions, the more open we are, the, the better we'll be in terms of, you know, gaining that understanding of one another. I relate to the um, identity idea of uh, being American or, or, you know, being of a different heritage. I think that aspect is uh, really complex uh, for us. You know, being told, you know, something like, uh, you know, go back to where you come from, um, you know, something, phrases like that are just, uh, you know, incredibly hurtful. And I think, I think the other part I was going to just add is that we, we are um, a very diverse group uh, of Asian heritage. If you look at a, you know, map and look at West Asia, South Asia, East Asia, we're a very diverse group, but this commonality of um, experiences is hugely important. And what we've done is we've we've uh, made liaisons to all of the other advocacy groups. So we've already um, made inroads to start to uh, share our experiences with the other groups so that, you know, likewise, they can go and, and share. Because in the end of it all, uh, being American is not just a look, right? It's, it's pride in our country. We love uh, what this country stands about. We want a place to belong uh, just like anybody else. And so that's all I was going to add. So glad you did. We're going to take one more break and come back about creating opportunities. That's part of the reason why we advocate and we'll do that during AAPI Heritage Month. The entire United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap dedicated to AAPI Soccer. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts, and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. 
To register and receive access, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. That's right. You can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer. And again, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. It's AAPI Heritage Month, and we are so pleased that Ashu Saxena reached out and put this incredible star-studded panel together. The last segment, obviously, we had to go to the dark side because we have to understand what we're experiencing, but we also know that by advocating, by coming together, by uniting, by opening our arms, that hopefully creates opportunities. It's not easy. I think Neil said it best. We have to continue to educate along the way. But once we do that together as a group, perhaps more doors will open. By becoming an advocacy group with United Soccer Coaches, we'll start with you, Ashu. Those doors do open and you are part of a great group of people. I think Tiffany Roberts-Hadick said it best. When there's a soccer ball out there, it doesn't matter what we look like. I wish the world was like that. That's definitely true, uh, Dean. Um, this game that, that unifies us um, is, is so powerful um, around the globe. And our, our part here um, with the United Soccer Coaches is to kind of continue that, that spirit and make people aware of um, what API um, heritage is about. We have a lot of goals and strategic initiatives that we are really excited about. Uh, one, one is to network. It just um, It's been great to hear members attend our meetings and say, boy, this is the first time I'm seeing a group on Zoom that looks a lot like me. And that is so impactful um, to, to hear. Many of us are the only um, you know, Asian or API heritage person in our, on our staffs or in our communities. Um, you know, and, and so to have each other to network and connect is uh, definitely powerful. Already we have some members who are reaching out to other members and uh, outlining their summer camp <laughs> coaching kind of tour uh, because they've met people through, through our groups. So we're pretty excited about that. We've connected a few members to um, global organizations. Uh, UA India is, is one of them. Uh, coaches across continents is another. So providing opportunities uh, for our members to, to reach out around the globe is, is important. Uh, for, the, for the record, Lori Fair is a member of our group, just so you know. We couldn't put, quite put all the MVPs on one panel, mm -hmm. but uh, so hopefully she'll join us in a, in a future session. We definitely want to encourage uh, what our culture is about and the, like Neil said about the hiring practices and just make people aware uh, in, a, in a friendly way that there are a lot of us out there uh, in the coaching world who, who want to do a lot of good, who can connect with you know, people of all kinds. And, and like you said, it shouldn't matter about the color or, or the background. It should be about enjoying this great game and sharing talents and, and beliefs and that makes the world uh, richer. We do have some plans to educate. We're working with uh, Positive Coaching Alliance in trying to initiate an API uh, segment. Uh, right now, I think there's uh, not a lot of diversity components to different programming models. And uh, so we hope to make a difference 
uh, from that aspect. Essentially, professional development um, and making people aware of opportunities. And professional development could mean learning from, say, the Japanese you know, Football Association or AFC or um, you know, it could also mean contributing our talents because we have a quite a talented, diverse uh, group uh, that has a lot to offer. And so we want to share uh, quite a bit. One area that um, is going to be a bit newer is uh, some of the statistics. Uh, we want to look at some of the stats of what our population is in our country and uh, what our representation is in athletics. So not just for us as coaches, but of course, participation among youths, um, you know, in, in college programs and kind of uh, looking at what our overall numbers look like. So that's a little bit about us. Well, and I look forward to that. And I think it makes sense. If you remember in segment one, we were able to hear your stories and how really how you grew up. In segment two, we got a little bit about some of the experiences that really were tough to take that you've learned from. And, and more importantly, people now got to hear them so they can be more aware and even self-aware. But lastly, and you just set the table, we'll start with you, Neil, as you think about this group becoming an advocacy group with United Soccer Coaches. And I want then Michelle, Michelle and Tiffany to answer the same question. What do you want to get out of it? What do you want to accomplish by forming this all important advocacy group? Yeah, so Ashu mentioned uh, the networking, which which is massive. That's that's a huge part of it, um, and uh, you know, big uh, a big role for this too is you know that we can be mentors for others. That you know we can be role models. So from from a different discussion, I remember Kadani McAlpine was talking about when he won a national title with uh, the University of Southern California. He didn't quite in that moment understand what it meant to the African American community. But after he won the title and he heard from people just telling him how much it meant for the African-American coaching community, he really started to grasp, you know, just how big that moment was. Um, you know, Michelle alluded to that to, to, to Tiffany. I'm sure, you know, as Tiffany was playing and, and winning a, a World Cup and a gold medal, she probably didn't really, uh, you know, perhaps in that moment understand just what it meant to, you know, another Filipino kid or, or, or someone with, uh, with Asian, you know, with uh, the Asian experience. Um, but now, you know, hearing it, you know, she could probably start to, to understand that and grasp it. You know, I think another big thing that we can just educate others about is reaching to people outside of our community. For instance, you know, I mentioned that moment that, you know, I had this tough altercation with the referee. Well, I coach a team that's predominantly white, right? So division one women's soccer, you know, let's be honest, it's, it's a predominantly, you know, a, 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 a white suburban sport. So I told my kids about it, not that moment, but a little bit later on, I said, guys, listen, this is some of the stuff that I actually have to deal with. That is part of my life. And maybe you don't understand or experience it, but as your head coach, you guys saw some of those effects firsthand. And it was a bit of an eye-opening learning moment for them too. So, you know, um, um, you know, so not perhaps something that was directly onto them, um, but they, they, they could see some of, some of that effect. And, um, and um, you know, again, just, just, uh, just another way for, for them to learn and be educated on their, their end too, um, from experience that perhaps they, they may not have had otherwise. Neil, I applaud your energy and your passion. Thanks for sharing that. Michelle, AKA Bud, what do you want to get out about being part of this advocacy group with United Soccer Coaches? I'm really, really looking forward to in helping to increase awareness and to provide support. Um, I think 
you know, being, I, I'm turning 53 this year. So I have uh, a, a lot of experiences under my belt that are not always the best uh, of times, but I think it really helped to shape who I am. And a, a large part of why I wanted to get involved was to try to provide support for those who are going through what I went through a long time ago, because I have a lot more insight now um, that I'm, I'm more seasoned. <laughs> so I, I'm looking forward to providing support and opportunities. Um, I just recently hired a uh, Samoan Hawaiian coach who uh, was born and raised in Hawaii. You know, we had over 200 applicants at, for the job and I hired a a girl who was born and raised in Hawaii and, you know, didn't have the easiest of, of upbringings because a lot of, a lot of cultural challenges along the way. And um, she's hit the ground running and to, to have her say that, you know, our, our assistant coach's position is her dream job. Um, whereas most people look at it as a stepping stone. Uh, it, it excites me, you know, and, and it re-energizes re and rejuvenates, you know, all of, um, and reinforces all of what we're doing. So I, I look forward to being an advocate and, and a support system. Well said, bud. And my Cincinnati, Michelle. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing is just helping people understand that representation matters. I've alluded to it, I've more than alluded to it a couple of times, but you know, having somebody who looked like me made a difference. And having, having a college coaching staff that understood my background made a huge difference. And, you know, Neil alluded to being the model minority and, you know, taking on a career path that's not necessarily one that's typical. I kind of went through the same thing when I told my parents that I was going to, you know, I didn't want to be a pharmacist anymore. I wanted to coach soccer. They lost their minds a little bit. And all this time later, there still aren't a ton of AAPI and female coaches that are working within the soccer community. So just having, I want to be what I had, you know, I had people who looked like me, not a ton, but enough that it made a difference. Um, so, you know, I want to be that representation for kids that I'm coaching. Amen. So well said. And on a panel of superstars, make no mistakes, Tiffany Roberts, Sahedic, I think we all agree is a superstar among all superstars. And Tiffany, I know you get pulled in multiple directions all the time and you have to pick wisely uh, on the groups that you want to be with. Why was it important for you to be with this group right here? I mean, you've heard from everybody, everything that everyone has said, how could you not want to be part of this group and hearing from their experiences and their knowledge. And, you know, it's a group that's very um, passionate and want to support and advocate. I mean, it's a very inspiring group of people. And, you know, on one side, I feel responsible to be a role model to whether it's younger coaches coming through who, you know, look like me on one level because of you know, being Filipina and, and being part of the AAPI um, culture, but also because I'm female. So you put those two things together and it's so important for these young, you know, girls or young women growing up to, to see that and that they can do this too and go this avenue. My mom still thinks I should be, you know, something completely different somewhere <laughs> in the entertainment industry. I'm like, no, this is my real job and I really love it. Like I'm still <laughs> trying to explain that to her. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so one side of me is, um, feeling responsible to be a role model and help support just like everybody else is saying the, the younger group that's coming up, but also it's also doing so much for me. Um, listening to everybody. It's so inspiring when you hear that we share so many similar experiences 
when you feel you have that community and you share those similar experiences, you feel even more empowered to do more. And um, that's another reason why I love being part of this group because it feels like it's gonna just continue to make me better, a better role model, better coach, a better advocate, better listener. Um, and hopefully I can help, you know, with the networking piece too and vice versa. So I just think it's um, overall such an important group for the AAPI. And um, I'm excited to see where we go with this. And because there's so many awesome people part of it, it's, it's going to do big things. So thank so you. So well said. And as the self-proclaimed introverted leader of this exciting group, Ashu, we've got to end with promotion. Where can people learn more about AAPI? Where can they follow you? Where can they find you? Because we'll find you, Ashu. How can we do that? Uh, yeah, we, we are getting a place on the United Stock Coaches website. Uh, it's in process uh, of, of being formed, but uh, you know, we put a newsletter out every month and uh, mailings. And uh, basically, if they, if they can uh, get to United Soccer Coaches, they can get to us and we will get them on. We'll sign them up for uh, you know, the email list and uh, get them going and get them rolling. We don't hide anything. Everybody's always welcome to our leadership meetings and our full membership meetings and uh, Lots of exciting events planned, and uh, we look forward to meeting everybody. So we're excited. Thank you. AAPI Heritage Month and AAPI Soccer looking to be the newest member of the growing United Soccer Coaches Advocacy Groups. I want to thank each and every one of you. Tiffany Roberts-Hedick, thank you. Thank you for having me, Dean. Michelle, thank you. Thanks, Dean. Thank you for having us. All right, appreciate it. Michelle, a.k.a. Bud from Hawaii, thank you so much. Thank you, Dean, and aloha to everyone. Neil, I used to love calling Paul Marco games in Binghamton. Thank you so much for being on the program. Appreciate it, Dean. Thanks for having us on. Ashu, thanks for making this happening. Thank you so much, Dean. We really appreciate the support. AAPI Heritage Month and AAPI Coaches, which is what they're going to be referred to a couple times. We said AAPI Soccer, but it'll be AAPI Coaches as they look to be another part of the great United Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group. I want to thank Lee Gerald and Sue Ryan one more time and the great panel that we just heard from. This has been the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Mad props to Sean Chevrolet, Bailey Conklin, Jonas Worth, and of course our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.